0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Paranormal Stories and Spooky Shiz. I'm your host, Chappie. Let's get started. All right, let's get right into it. I know I've been away for a while. I'm back just in time for spooky season this year. Um, I came across a website called housecreep.com. Um, It gives actual addresses um, for places in the United States uh, and people that share their stories about living there. So I thought that would be a really cool subject for this episode. All right, for the sake of safety of anybody that's living in these places, I will just mention the city that it mentions. So let's get started. The first one comes from Carlsbad, California, in the United States. This person uh, lived there from 2001 to 2009. It says, I grew up in this house and constantly, like every week on replay, there was an eerie set of footsteps going up and down the staircase, even when I was home alone. I would wait at my door with a blunt object ready to hit an intruder. However, no one ever appeared. And once early in the morning, my sister and I were dead asleep, and my mother was downstairs watching television in the living room around 5 a.m. My father had just left for work, and there was a loud banging that seemed to originate from my parents' room, which is above the living room. My mother froze in fear as the walls shook and and panicked thinking someone was upstairs with her children. She called my father and he returned home and one last enormous bang was let out upstairs. My father raced upstairs and found nothing. Lastly, at one point we had the office tucked away in a room. My mother and my sister and I had all left to run errands and my father had stayed home and was working in the office. He heard the garage door open the garage door leading from the home into the garage, not the actual huge door, and heard someone run up the stairs. He assumed it was my mother, but for some reason called us after two minutes of the incident and asked my mother, did you just come home to grab something? And my mother replied, no, we were shopping. My dad was spooked, to say the least. All right, good first one. Let's see. St. George, Utah. This person lived there from 2012 to 2013. We rented a fairly new house, three bedrooms and two bathrooms. Two years old, four houses were on the street. Two years old, four houses were on the street. (laughs) It's a weird way to word that. Almost isolated area next to the highway towards Las Vegas. These sentences are rough. While I was looking at water bottle crock in the kitchen, the man suddenly appeared next to me. That lasted a few seconds. I thought my mind was tired. Later, I was watching on TV around 6 a.m. the blackest shadow of a young, well-built man Without hair on his head, he ran from my son's bedroom, who was playing video games, towards my bedroom. I saw him in my own eyes. I said, hey, and got up and walked to my bedroom. It disappeared. My son stayed in his room. In the afternoon, I was on the computer. Unseen kitty's paws gently clawed on my upper thigh. I looked at it. My older cat was in my bedroom asleep. Sometimes I felt someone watching me doing. I told the landlord about this. So happy to move out. All right. Let's get to the next one. Stafford, Virginia. This person lived there from 2008 to 2011. We experienced many paranormal anomalies. On multiple occasions, we saw objects being thrown across the room and down the stairs. We would hear what sounded like heavy footsteps walking around at night. My daughter saw a black figure standing in her doorway every night for two years. At one point, I had been looking for a folder that held all of our passports, birth certificates, social security numbers, and more for over two weeks since we moved into the house. I voiced to my husband that I couldn't find it before he left for work. I left about an hour later to run errands, and when I returned, I found my folder sitting on the dining room table, perfectly placed. An incident very similar to this also happened with my earrings. We would sometimes hear what sounded like the TV playing in the middle of the night, and search the house only to find that nothing was playing, At one point, my husband left a line of spoons on the table outside of our room to see if any paranormal entity would mess with it. Around 3 a.m., we heard all the spoons hit the floor. I ended up moving out, and on my husband's first night in the house alone, he heard the basement door open and a crash. The door opened, and something kicked all of our fish tank supplies down the stairs. Then he saw the door violently shaking and slamming open and closed. Creepy. I don't think I would live there. Beach Park, Illinois. They lived there from 2005 to 2015. I grew up in this house and my sibling and I have had multiple paranormal experiences. One of my sisters started sleepwalking. It stopped right after we moved out. I had awful sleep paralysis, and my other siblings have also had random sleeping issues. When we were younger, our toys would move on their own. I also remember hearing super loud footsteps while I was in the living room. They were coming from one of the upstairs bedrooms, and I was home alone at the time. One experience stands out, though. To protect my privacy, I won't go into details, but one night I had a really bad night terror and ran upstairs to go sleep with my parents. As I was running to their room, I stopped and saw a family member that had passed away when I was little sitting on the couch. So we moved out. I have no doubt that house was haunted. All right, Amarillo, Texas. 2021 to 2022. Oh, that's recent. A corner house with a red door. When you look at it, it reminds you of The Shining, but then you shake it off. You don't hesitate moving into the master bedroom. And then a month passes, and everything has changed from your relationship with your significant other to anger and negativity. The worst part, not getting, and you always feel like you're being watched by someone. (laughs) Trust me. It's a good thing I skipped that part. (laughs) There's always something different um, in the shadows and silhouettes. Some feel harmless. You feel a strange energy coming from the creepy mirror in the kitchen, so you cover it only to make things more active. Now your pets are in front of the covered mirror just staring at it in the dark. Your pets are constantly interacting to what is not visible to your very own eyes. Nights are becoming more and more sleepless. As I start to, as I start to record your sleep patterns and what really goes on at night when you do actually sleep, you realize you are not living alone and it's not just one entity. You purchase a five-camera security system because, like I said, you never feel alone or safe. And mind you, the address does a complete 360 at night, looking like a different address, a very, very creepy one. Always pitch black outside, always a fearful vibe. The cameras never reveal anything human or that can be used as evidence or proof but ridiculous paranormal activity lights turning on and off when no one is home the grim reaper outside the front door the camera catching motion when everything in real life is clearly still constant silhouettes little girls and kids and a woman and shadows it never ends finally almost a year before almost a year has been sucked from your life and it's time to move You feel so lethargic, so depleted, so spiritually wrapped up. Come to find out before us, everyone who had lived there was in and out in two months. Couples would split up and move far, far away. Turns out a witch used to live there, where she would have people constantly in and out practicing her craft. Come to find out there is something buried under the house, and asking as it's there no one will be welcome or happy you finally move out gasping for air when you go back by the vacant house to pick up your last piece of mail you see the black, the back sliding door shattered and the shed wide open the second you and your partner set foot on the property you begin to argue and turn on each other we left and never looked back we have dozens of recordings Endless stories, and we both experienced, and the trauma we are healing from. If you look at the progression in time of the Google Photos of the property, you can see how dark it progressed. If you're moving into this address in Amarillo, Texas, good luck. All right. Very cool, very cool. I mean, not cool. I wouldn't live there. All right, Baltimore, Maryland. This one is from, it's pretty short. It's from 1981 to 1996. From the first night we moved in, strange things started happening. The mirror on the wall fell and nails were still intact. Disembodied voices could be heard downstairs coming from the living room in the middle of the night. There was always a feeling of being watched in the basement. On one occasion, my brother and I both saw a soldier standing in the closet. As soon as we turned the light on, it was gone. Footsteps could be heard walking up and down the steps in the middle of the night. The list goes on and on. I don't know if it had anything to do with it, but the house next door was the scene of three suicides. Creepy. All right, this one's in Canada. Miss, no, it's not Mississippi. It's Mississauga, Ontario. They lived there from 2007 to 2009. I moved here in 2007 with my family. The house always had an odd feeling about it, but my parents didn't notice. Once we moved in, We noticed that there were crucifixes hanging on a few doors and rooms. I found it odd, but thought nothing of it, assuming the previous owners were more religious. Things started occurring a month after moving in, with the lights flickering, weird pinkish liquid leaking from the walls, shadows and voices being seen and heard by me or my sister, even my sister seeing an apparition in my room. That house was terrifying, and I always wondered if anyone else living there after us experienced anything as well. I've seen this house go up for sale every two years. My, my. Another one from Canada. This one's from Ottawa, Ontario really short. They lived there from 1990 to 1995. I spent several years in this house in the early 90s as a kid. Everyone in this place remembers seeing a ghost of a woman that would walk from the living room to the upstairs. This place is legitimately haunted. That's it. All right. Sistan, South Dakota. They lived there for two years, 2010 to 2012. At the time, this was an abandoned building due to the building being old and filled with as- asbestos. The building was getting broken into and vandalized all the time, so I thought I might as well go inside and see what it looked like for myself. I walked to the old middle school around 1 a.m., making sure no police saw me because I was 16 at the time and the curfew was 10. Plus, I didn't need them following me around, because I was going to explore a building I had no business being in. I entered through the back door on the south side of the building, because the window was busted out, and it was easy enough to reach my head in and open the door. I walked the halls for what felt like hours, exploring all the old classrooms, and feeling an unease as if someone was watching me the whole time. But each time I thought someone else was there, I'd stop and listen. Not a sound. It was so quiet, so convinced I was the only one there, I made my way to the gymnasium, full-sized wooden basketball court with bleachers that could hold hundreds of people, also a stage for plays and concerts. So I make my way to the top of the bleachers just to sit and remember all the times I was there for my Christmas concerts and PE class when I was in middle school. So I sat there in the dark thinking, but a noise broke the silence abruptly. There were footsteps in the hall. I ducked down behind the seats to make sure whoever it was didn't see me. I assumed it was a police officer checking the building, so I waited to see if it was. The footsteps moved up the hallway towards the gymnasium doors. I peeked to see if it's a cop. It was so dark in there. If it was a cop or someone who checked on the building, they might have a flashlight out but no flashlight. At this moment, I'm thinking it's someone else exploring the building, so I remain hidden. The footsteps walk into the gym and stop. It felt like a lifetime, waiting there for whoever it was to not move. I start to get worried because they weren't doing anything. If it was someone checking out the building, they'd keep moving, not stand in the gym in the same spot for half hour. So I wait and I wait, then like a dagger in the night, I hear a step, then another, then another. I begin to quietly panic because they're moving towards me, step, 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 then stop. The footsteps stop at the bottom of the bleachers. Not a word was said, no sound could be heard. Then, out of nowhere, I hear loud, fast stomping come running up the stair, coming right for me. I feel my soul leave my body out of pure terror. I get up and dead sprint to the other side of the bleachers and go down the far north side of the bleachers. All the while, I can hear the stomping still making its way towards me. My legs have never moved so fast down a flight of stairs. I cleared 60 steps in less than 5 seconds. I bust through the gym doors and bolt down the hall to my back door and make it outside run across the street to catch my breath, all while watching the door to see what was chasing me. I wait there for 30 minutes and nothing ever comes out. I don't know what was chasing me. If it was a cop or a guard, they'd chase me down even outside the building and another person wouldn't be able to see in the dark, and just move directly towards me in the enormous gymnasium like that. Whatever it was, it wasn't human. To this day, I refuse to enter that building. It's no longer abandoned, and the new owners are fixing it up, but I'm not stepping foot in there ever again. All right, creepy abandoned school. Another one from Ottawa, Ontario. Wow. 1966 to 2000. That's a long time. We moved to this address in 1966, which was next to another address when I was in grade six. I attended Elmdale Public School. I meet Judy, who lived next door at that address. Peggy, your sister Judy was my best friend. One day, Judy asked if I wanted to sleep over at her house, and I said sure. I did not know what I was getting into until darkness came. I remember Judy and I getting ready for bed when we started to hear things going on in the house, like boxes falling in the back shed then voices, and I got so scared I remember leaving the house in the wee hours and headed back home, which was next door to Judy's house. It was the scariest moment of my life because there were definitely some crazy unsettled spirits that lived in that house. I never slept over at that house again. At my house, we always said the spirits from their house used to come and visit, and I would never go upstairs if I was at home alone. We always said they were friendly spirits, not mean. But we still didn't tell the owners when we sold the house in June of 2000. Creepy. All right. Memphis, Tennessee. 1990 to 2000, this property is definitely haunted. My family lived there for 10 years and in that time we endured quite a bit of activity. Anybody thinking of moving in to this address, please beware. Halifax, Nova Scotia, 2019 to 2022. My roommate and I lived at this address from 2019 to 2020. I moved out in 2020, and she continued to live there until 2022. This house has two addresses, the main level of the house being that one, and the basement level being another one. We lived in the basement level. At first, everything was fine. I didn't feel anything off with the house. My roommate, however, continually talked about how something didn't feel right and she felt there was some kind of presence in the house. Part of our basement apartment was connected to the furnace room and that's where we would do our laundry. Even though it was a furnace room and should have been the hottest room, it was usually pretty cold. In general, the house didn't feel right. We never paid much attention to it and I felt like most of the time, it was my imagination getting the better of me. When I moved out, my, roommates continued, or my roommate continued to live there alone, and she told me countless stories of incidents that happened while I was gone. When she went to the bathroom, she tried not to look behind her in the mirror because she felt something was watching her or trying to get her attention. There were other incidents where she awoke out of her sleep because she felt like something was watching her and trying to get her attention. Overall, the presence in the house didn't feel evil, but at times it did seem angry or upset. Another time, my roommate was outside the building, talking on the phone in the driveway in the evening time, and she saw the reflection of a presence standing behind her and the reflection of a car in the driveway. She said she was unsure if the presence was a male or female, but that it was tall and looked like a nun. This was interesting to us because we knew that the university right beside this is MSVU, which was originally an all girls school, which was operated by nuns. It seemed like the presence was always trying to get our attention and would show itself on occasion to my roommate. But when we started to talk about it or give it attention, things would start to happen to suggest it was upset. I returned back to Halifax in 2022 and my roommate's sister had moved in by this time. We started talking about the situation and the stuff that happened with the house. My roommate never said anything to her sister about it beforehand, but the sister joined in our conversation and said, yes, she too had felt a presence in that house, and the presence was very tall. We knew she was seeing the same thing because we hadn't told her about it previously. After a few weeks, my roommate and her sister were in the process of moving out, We talked about the situation at the house, and the night after we talked about it weird things started happening. That night, a plate moved off the counter by itself and broke into odd pieces, not the way it would have broken if it fell by itself. The plate looked like someone had taken it and twisted it. Throughout the moving process, I had come over one night to help. We were sitting on the couch talking about the weird things that had been happening and I still thought it was my imagination, since I had not been living there the whole time. I stupidly said, Well, I can't believe it, if I don't see something or know for sure. A minute after I said that, the entire curtain moved, not in a way that the wind might have blown the curtain. I was facing my friend on the couch, and the pleats of the curtain poked out and brushed against her cheek. It wasn't the whole curtain— only one section it literally looked as if someone's finger was because the curtain and poked out and touched her cheek i didn't question it after that overall we all felt like something was in the house and know that a presence resides there but we are not completely sure what or who that presence is all right let's take a short break and get right back at it All right, the next one, Pekin, Illinois. This one's really short, um, but they lived there for five years, 1995 to 2000. They say, I lived in this house for many years as a kid, and me and my siblings have all heard things and have had blankets ripped off of us in the night, so I've always wondered if anything happened here. Creepy. I feel like you're most vulnerable at night while you're sleeping. So that is definitely freaky. Uh, Bell Gardens, California, 2010 to 2014. This house is haunted by a small boy around the age of two or three years old. When we'd throw parties in the back parking lot, many of our guests would point out seeing a little boy through our back room window we would go inside to check and we would always find the room empty. My aunt went my aunt once went to check in the middle of the party, and she claimed seeing a boy run under the bed as soon as she saw him open the door. She told him to go back to the party and leave the room immediately. As she bent down to look under the bed, she found no one but bulky items that took the majority of the space under the bed, making it impossible for someone to hide under. I personally saw him, not knowing anything about the kid ghost yet. It was around 11 p.m., had just left the restroom and was in the hallway when I heard the door creaking as it opens. I found someone peeking from my room, and for some wild reason I thought it was my small sister checking upon me. I was waving and making hand gestures to go back to bed to the ghost while thinking I was talking to my sister. Couldn't really identify their face features since it was... During the dark and the ghost was literally peeking from the door, just showing half of their left face, while their right side was covered with the door. Yet I remember him making that confused expression, like, Are you talking to me? And as I got more frustrated, I got the hand to the handle of the door, and the moment I swung the door open, I went in shock and scared to see my little sister in bed asleep. It wasn't until later that I shared my story with my family and found out we had all something to tell. My dad said he heard small footsteps run around the hallway during the night and check on us to see if it was any of us. My cousin that used to rent a room with us said in the middle of the night someone will try to open the door in his room, even if it was locked, and the doorknob would move. It wasn't until later that year, and for some reason we decided to clean the attic of this house and found old stuff of previous people that lived there. We felt a cold, chilling sensation when my mom found the baby blue blanket that had the initials of the child on it, on the side with the white little cabinet with the blue little duckling imprints. My mom decided to leave everything back in its place, and we would turn a white candle for him and pray for him. It's honestly sad knowing there's a little boy stuck in that house, waiting for something or someone. Well, let's see. Kansas City, Missouri. 1997 to 2022. My mom remarried and moved to Kansas City with my brother and I. Mom and dad found this house and liked it, so they signed it bought it, and still live there to this day. I remember getting out of the car, seeing the house for the first time, and I fell off. I knew there was something here. I felt it. We moved our stuff in and finally got settled in. About six weeks later, my mom got a job at the pet cemetery. She was was digging a grave and felt something lean against her. She looked down to see the sweet, fluffy, dirty Alaskan Samoyed We adopted her, got her healthy, and cleaned up. Not too long after that, I had my first experience here. I was fast asleep and heard a loud panting noise, like a dog panting. Thinking it was our new dog, Sugar, I told her to go lay down. I was nodding back off to sleep when I heard it again. I opened my eyes to see this smaller white dog sitting down and showing its teeth. No growl, though. I threw the covers over my head, and my heart was racing a million miles a minute. After about a couple minutes went by, I looked over the covers, and the dog was gone. I thought maybe it was our dog, Sugar, and she needed to pee, and that was her way of telling me. I went to the living room where I saw her last before bed, and she was sleeping. I woke up my mom and told her what happened. She told me this is a new house, and I probably had a nightmare, and to go back to sleep. About two weeks had passed. My brother stayed home from school one day, not feeling well. I came home from school later that afternoon, and my mom and brother came running to tell me that something happened in the basement. They were watching a movie. When it was over, they were coming upstairs because I would be home soon. They went to the staircase, and my mom looked back to make sure the lights were off. That's when she saw the white dog sitting in the hallway across from the bathroom. It was showing its teeth. It got up, walked into the bathroom. My mom told my brother to go in the bathroom because she thought it was our dog, Sugar. He went into the bathroom, turned on the light, and peeked around the corner to tell her there was no dog in there. Mom never told my brother about the dog until I came home from school that day. Since then, there have been many odd things happening. I lived here for 25 years. Around two years ago, there was a shadow man we would see that would dart from my room to my mom's room. I saw him in the bathroom one day reaching for something that was behind the toilet on a shelf. It looked like he turned his head, saw me, and darted back into the shower. I had a child in 2012, and when he was six months old and older, we have pictures of him with orbs everywhere in the pictures. He turned 10- turns 10 in August. Recently, I have seen him in the living room looking up at the ceiling talking to someone whom I couldn't see. I asked him who it was and he said it was his friend Mac and that he was in an army uniform. Well, unbeknownst to me, until recently, my dad's dad was named Mac and had passed away due to diabetes. He served in the army. So we're thinking my dad's dad is here playing with my son. Then a time or two, my dad heard his name being called in the basement when he came down there, even got pinched on the bum. A couple years ago, my son was fast asleep, and I couldn't sleep because it was either hot in the house or just in my room. I let one foot out from under the covers, and I felt a fingernail slide from the bottom of my foot to the top of my foot. I got scared and put my foot back under the covers. Then, actually a few weeks ago, I heard my name being called. My son and I were asleep in our beds, and I heard my name being called twice. Then said, wake up, wake up, wake up. I haven't heard or seen anything since, but every now and then when our guard is down, something will happen. A couple days ago, I asked my mom if she remembers the white ghost dog we saw, and she said, yeah, I remember it. I forgot to tell you. A neighbor came over when you guys were in middle school and told us the history of the house. They said the second owners divorced and the man stayed there. He had a small white dog, the one you described many years ago. The wife never came back. He was so depressed that he took his life in our basement with the dog down there with him. Apparently the dog died of dehydration. No wonder the brownish red stain by our drain in the basement will never go away. So that's my stories of this house and how it's haunted. Wow, my gosh. Artesia, California. 2009 to 2016. This house is in Habited by two entities who will possess you and amplify your emotions. I lived there for two years. or I lived there for those years and finally left in 2016 when things got really bad. One day my wife asked me who is a lady named Anna when I asked why she said it, it was because I was calling her name in the middle of the night. After having so many problems with my wife, we finally left the house. When we were in the process of cleaning the house, because it was being sold, my wife started speaking to our neighbor, who mentioned that the previous owners had left in similar circumstances. When she asked for their names, she stated that the wife was named Anna, and the husband had the same name that I do. Doors would close, wife would hear me calling her name, but it was not me. Finally, a healer from Mexico came over to look at the house, and he is the one who confirmed that the two entities were there. He did a ritual of protection on me and in the middle of it, the front door gate slammed open as if someone had pushed it hard. Both of us were about 10 feet away from the door and the healer was holding me the entire time. We were the only two there. Once he was done with the ritual, I could hear scratching coming from the back room. My German shepherd climbed in through a window and began to run circles around me. I had him since he was a month old. The healer said the dog was trying to protect me from what he saw. My dog was killed about a month and a half later when we ran out of the house when he ran out of the house and was hit by a vehicle. I had many other experiences in that house. I was not a believer, but I am now. I was very fortunate to find this healer. He never even charged me for his time and help even though he came all the way from Mexico. The beings in this house almost cost me my family and marriage of 17 years. I've been tempted to let the people who bought the house know, but I don't know if they would believe me. That's always the thing. Do you tell the people that moved into your house? I don't know. Full disclosure, I would want to (laughs) know. I would probably ask the realtor, has anybody ever died in this house? Also, is this house haunted? (laughs) All right. Pueblo, Colorado. 2015 to 2020. Full disclosure, I'm not sure if this house is haunted or just myself, as I have had paranormal experiences at multiple locations. I was in high school when I moved in here with my parents, and I moved out in 2020 as an adult. My bedroom was part of the original house built in the 1920s. The only other rooms in the original house were the laundry room, which I assumed was the kitchen and a small hallway area that may have served as a bedroom for the original house. The house was then added on to in the 60s and then the 80s. I think there may have been multiple spirits living in the house, and here's why. The first paranormal event that was noticed by multiple members of my family is seeing a blonde man walk about the property one week after we saw that i saw him casually walk past my bedroom window i ran to look out the window and just caught a glimpse of the man going into the backyard but when i went to the back there was no one a few months later my siblings and i were playing in my sister's room then she just froze and stared into the hallway. My brother and I, the oldest and in charge at the time, walked out of the room and saw nothing. My sister claimed she saw my dad in the laundry room. He is also blonde, but my dad is still at work and would not be home for hours. We did not see the blonde man until my uncle started staying with us. He was watching us while our parents were out of town, and one day in the middle of lunch, my uncle abruptly stood up and went to the driveway, where we watched him check both of the yards. We asked him what he was doing, and he said, I swear I just saw your dad walking through the yard. I'm certain there is a tall, blonde man spirit that just walks around. The second and third ghost I have only seen a couple of times. I saw a face at my bedroom door once. But other than that, they mainly just steal my favorite things. They only have to get them back whenever I would give up looking. This occurred, it's happened the entire time I lived there. It only seemed to happen to me. This was constant, and the only reason my boyfriend believes me is because I lost my favorite necklace. I wore it all the time, and one day, it was just missing. I searched for weeks. I mean like five weeks. I finally stated, I give up only to look out my window and see it laid out in the grass outside my window. Grass that had been mowed multiple times since I lost it. This ghost never wanted to hurt me or anything like that. I think they just liked to mess with me, as they always would take my favorite stuff. Sometimes my favorite clothing would go missing, and I would find them shoved under my mattress or in the corner of my room weeks later. The last type of spirit I have felt at the house at every house I've lived in and it can impersonate people. Please let me know if this is an experience anyone else has shared. This particular spirit has given me, my brother and my boyfriend, sleep paralysis. When my brother was 12, he woke up in what looked like myself dressed in all black, standing next to his bed. He asked me the next morning what I was doing in his room and I had no idea what he was talking about wrote it off as a bad dream however one day i was staying at my boyfriend's house and he had gone outside to take out the trash i went to the bathroom and quickly to check my makeup and when i stepped out what looked like my boyfriend was standing at the end of the living room completely pale and dressed in black we made eye contact and he quickly started walking towards me i shut the bathroom door and closed my eyes for a few seconds I heard the back door open, and I called out for my boyfriend, who met me in the hallway. He was in a bright blue shirt, and we heard the back door slam shut, like someone was running out of the house. The last time I saw this spirit was two days after I gave birth to my son. I was experiencing heavy sleep deprivation, for sure, but I finally went to sleep, and a seven-foot black figure was bending over my baby's bassinet. I put myself between the two of them and demanded that the being leave us. I swear, I felt it try and crush me or something. There was an immense pressure around us. I once again demanded that it leave us alone. I woke up many hours later and haven't had any paranormal activity since I moved out. All right, let's take a short break and get right back into it. All right, welcome back. We're gonna switch gears now and go to occultmuseum.com The Witching Hour, 13 true ghost stories you shouldn't read at night, volume one. All right. The Witching Hour is 3 a.m. It's a strange time. Known in the Western culture as the Witching Hour It is said to be the time when mystical creatures such as as witches, demons, and ghosts are thought to appear and to be at their most powerful. Its origins can be traced back to the Catholic Church when no prayers were to be read between the hours of 3 a.m. and 4 a.m., making it the perfect time for evil forces to appear. So be warned, the following stories of ghosts spirits and other worldly encounters are best enjoyed in daylight hours reading these tales at night could conjure up more than simple nightmares especially if you read during the witching hour from tales of strange lights shining in the night to a man in a top hat who appears when danger looms here are 13 of the scariest true ghost stories you should never read in the dark Number one, imaginary friend. When I was younger, I had an imaginary friend who lived in a massive antique dresser. I vividly remember him telling me stories, although I have absolutely no recollection of what they actually were. I remember one day talking to my parents about it. Dad traveled quite a bit, so he wasn't up to date with what I was into. And when I started telling him about my dresser buddy, he wanted to know his name. It was something innocent like Peter, but I can still see him going white in the face as I told him. I then drew a picture of Peter for him. The very next day, my dad and uncle took out the dresser and burned it. It wasn't until a few years later when I found out that my dad's little brother, my uncle, also had the same friend with the same name who lived in the same antique dresser. After a few months of typical imaginary friend stuff, my uncle started having night terrors and couldn't sleep because of Peter. It got so bad they had to move him out of his room before he managed to get back to normal. Spooky. Number two, Cabin in the Woods. The first time I moved away from home, I lived in an old cabin-like house that I rented really cheap. I never got a good night's sleep in there. I always tossed and turned and woke up several times during the night. But it wasn't until after a few weeks things started to get weird. In the beginning, it was just small things that I didn't really think too much about, like keys missing and cups and plates not being where I thought I had left them, Then I started waking up in the morning to find various drawers opened and things lying around like someone had been in a hurry searching for something. I even came home to a wide open main door and decided to change the locks. But even then, when I was home, with the doors locked, I would walk past and just in the corner of my eye see the door slide open one time I was cat sitting one of my friend's cats and it would just sit for hours in the middle of the room and toss its tail from side to side and watch as if it was following something around the room with size. It definitely creeped me out. If you can only imagine what it felt like to see the cat slowly following something that floats randomly around the room and finally stop right beside you. Oof. After a while, I could not live there anymore and finally moved out. Number three, the disconnected number. A few years ago, my brother would get a call on his cell phone around 2 or 3 a.m. every night. He would answer, and it was a hellish-sounding noise, like static mixed with screams. He changed his cell phone number after a month of this, and it stopped. Then after a week or so, it began again. The exact same noise, the exact same time. Finally, one day he decided to back dial the call. It was an old man that had no clue what he was talking about. Still, the calls persisted. If he didn't answer, it would call a few more times. No messages were ever left. He decided to say screw it, ended his contract with his phone company and switched to a new one, then got a new number. And you guessed it, the screaming static calls continued after a short delay. By this time, he was terrified at night, unsure why this was happening. He back dialed the number again and got a different person. Around this time, he had lost his job and his phones. The calls stopped, of course. His phone was disconnected now. One day, my mom asked me to listen to this weird message she got from her home phone. It was the static screaming. We showed my brother and he was freaking out. He backed dialed the number again and it said the number was disconnected. Never heard from it again after that. Number four, this one's really short. Heard a tapping on my window at night. Next morning, there was a handprint on the outside of my window. I live on the third floor of an apartment building Number five, don't turn away. I was a kid when this happened. My uncle and I were finishing up chopping and gathering firewood for my grandmother because it was getting dark. Driving back on the dirt road at about 30 miles an hour, I had this awful sense of being watched. Before I could turn to look out my window, my uncle quickly shouted, don't. I completely froze. My heart felt like it was beating out of my chest and then completely stopped when I heard a tap-tap on my window. My uncle sped up and was loudly praying in my native language. I didn't know what was going on and thought it was over till our truck suddenly dipped from the bed. My uncle then started saying, Look at me. Don't turn away. Over and over. Then I heard it again, tap-tap, but from the window behind me. It was getting harder for me to breathe, and I wanted to cry. A minute or two passed, and the truck dipped again. My uncle looked around inside. It was quiet besides the road and the truck. He looked at me and said, We will ask your father to do a prayer in the morning, so the evil will forget our faces. I remember curling up in the seat and just staring at the radio, watching the time, listening to my uncle sing an old prayer, So we got to my grandmother's house. Wow. Number six, funny papa. My grandfather died last year, sometime when my son was maybe a year old. We had a dinner with the whole family every Friday night, so my son had seen him several times. My grandfather was very quiet, proud man. But when he thought he was alone or unseen, he would make silly faces at my son to get a laugh. A couple nights after his funeral, my son, who liked to crawl in the bed with us in the middle of the night, started just laughing uncontrollably at like 2 a.m. I get out of bed to see what's going on and find my son sitting in the middle of the living room, in the dark, laughing. And I say, hey buddy, what are you doing? In toddler speak, he says, Papa, funny. I got a little nervous for some reason and went to pick him up and bring him to our room for the rest of the night. As I was hauling him away, he says, Bye, Papa, and blows a kiss at absolutely nothing I can see. Number seven, the man in the top hat. When I was growing up, one of my best friends told me about this very creepy situation involving him, his younger brother, and a man in the window. When my friend and his little brother were younger, they shared a bedroom. They're some years apart, but his younger brother was born with a multitude of different health issues, including multiple sclerosis, and he's confined to a wheelchair and cannot care for himself. So to keep an eye on him overnight when his parents couldn't, they shared a bedroom. One night, my friend randomly woke up for no particular reason and happened to glance over at his younger brother but noticed something very startling. A strange silhouette of a man wearing a top hat looking in through the window behind the brother's crib. The first thing my friend did was jump up and turn the light on. Then ran to his parents' room to tell them what he saw. When his parents came back to the room to investigate, his younger brother was having a seizure. A few of his family members say it was the younger brother's guardian angel standing in the window that night. My friend believes it was death. It's all still pretty unsettling to me. Number eight, the old piano. When I was in the eighth grade, I went on a school trip that was called the Louisiana Tour. It was mostly going around to significant sites in the South Louisiana. One of the places we went was Myrtle's Plantation, which is considered to be one of the most haunted places in the country. There are all kinds of stories about this place, but at one point we were standing in a room as a part of a larger group, and the tour guide was talking about something. I don't remember what. As I'm standing there, I start to hear what sounds like someone hitting a piano key. After I heard it a couple times, I start to look around for the so- source of the noise. I didn't see a piano but I kept hearing it. So I asked my friends who were standing near me if they heard it, and they said no. When I heard it again, I said, there it is again, and they must have heard it. They thought I was crazy. So I went back to looking around the room. Everyone's eyes were on the tour guide except for one woman. She caught my eye and pointed at me, then at her ear with a questioning look. I realized she was asking if I heard it too, and I nodded. At this point, the tour guide starts telling a story about a soldier who died there, and he played the piano, and multiple guests had reported hearing him playing in the night. I honestly didn't know what to think. I guess I still don't. I talked to the woman as we were all leaving the room, as she had heard the exact same thing as me, but her husband and son had not heard it. Number nine, the light. My wife's mother passed away in 2003 from cancer. After the funeral, family and friends gathered at her house for the final celebration of her life. The gathering went late into the evening. My son, three at the time, needed to go to bed at at that point. I walked him up the stairs where he would sleep. The room that my mother-in-law passed away in was upstairs and straight down the hallway as you reached the top of the landing. My son and I walked upstairs together with me holding his hand. As we nearly reached the top of the stairs, my son stopped and wouldn't move. At that point, which he could see down the hallway, he was staring straight down the hall. I looked at him, then down the hall, to the open doorway, to a completely dark bedroom. He just stared and would not move any further. I asked him, Buddy, are you okay? His response was, Daddy, the light, the light scares me. I looked again down the hallway, where he was staring into the darkness. Buddy, you see a light? Yes, Daddy, it scares me. I promptly picked him up and went back downstairs. To this day, the hair still stand on the back of my neck whenever I think of it. Number 10. How lucky you are. Spring break of 2010, my buddies and I decided to camp out on an island at a local lake. One night, as we were cooking food and drinking beer, a canoe floats with one guy in it. He asks how we're doing, and we invite him to our island for the grilled meat and beers. Being in South Arkansas, we naturally assume that everyone is friendly and wants to hang out. His name was Kurt, and he was super friendly, but seemed to be sad. We asked him what was up, and he replied, Oh, nothing, really. It's just that my friends are probably worried about me. He looked at me and winked. They'll find out soon enough. That still haunts me to this day. Everyone liked Kurt, and noticing that it was getting dark and he had been drinking, we offered to let him stay with us that night. He declined, saying that he had to get to where he was going, and seemed very adamant about that. I asked where he was headed, thinking maybe we could give him a ride on a jet ski or something. Kurt ignored the question and said, You boys don't know how lucky you are, and hopped in his canoe and left. We didn't think much about it. The next morning, we woke up early to do some fishing. As we were fishing, a police boat pulls up. The officer asks if we're part of a search party that found the body. We obviously had no clue what he was talking about. So he tells us a story about a young man in a canoe that disappeared last week. Apparently, divers found his body at the bottom of the lake two days before. The young man's name was Kurt Clark. This was so freaky for us that we all packed up and left the camp that day. Number 11, Heavy Footsteps. I was in the basement watching TV in the dark while my whole family was upstairs. As I'm chilling there, I hear footsteps coming down the basement stairs. And while I normally can tell which family member it is by the cadence and heaviness of the steps, I didn't recognize these ones. The footsteps stopped for the bottom of the stairs, so I called out saying, Oh, haha, so scary, I know it's you, thinking that it was my brother or someone trying to scare me. I looked back to the TV, and the footsteps started again. I whipped my head back to the stairs just in time to see a dark figure go into a side room that has glass doors. It's pretty much pitch black, so I assumed whoever it was was standing right behind the glass looking at me. That's when I started to get scared, so I ran to the lights and flipped them on, only to find that room was empty. My entire family was still upstairs. It was too spooky. Number 12 The Praying Nun. My dad worked at a mental hospital that used to be connected by an underground passage to a nun's home, that was now abandoned. He says that one night he was walking down there when he saw a praying nun. He walked by her and said hello, but she did not acknowledge him. My dad does not believe in ghosts, but he swears there was a nun down there that night. Number 13, the rocking chair. My grandma's house is in, small, in a small Midwestern town a white and old looking home on a farm. She even had chipped wooden Mother Mary nativity in the front yard, you get the picture. The worst is she had a cemetery about a half mile down the road. Anyway, I used to sleep in the room in the corner on the top floor, my aunt's room, and it had a wooden rocking chair in it. When I was younger, I would wake up because I thought I heard it rocking to the point where I would wake up my grandma and have her stay in my room, or have to stay in her room. Well, about 10 years later, my mom, aunt, and I are doing Thanksgiving. We're talking about how creepy grandma's house was. My aunt goes on to talk about how when she was younger, the reason my mom and her ended up sharing a room was because she thought her room was haunted. She said she woke up one morning and the rocking chair was about two feet closer to her bed. And after that night, it would start rocking on a nightly basis at midnight. Creepy. All right. Thank you for tuning in and being patient for this episode. Um, make sure to join us on the Facebook page at Paranormal Stories. Spooky Shiz is in parentheses. Um. Stay spooky, my friends.